鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read. 欢迎您来到轻松调频美文阅读 ，More to Read。我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文，学英语。在今天的节目中，我们先来听英国著名作家毛姆的一句话，接着来欣赏元代作家马致远的一首散曲小令《天净沙秋思》。最后呢，让我们继续来读英国著名作家戴维·赫伯特·劳伦斯所写的散文《Morality and the Novel》道德与小说的下半部分。More to read， 用文字抒发感情。用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote。The great tragedy of life is not that men perish, but that they cease to love. William Somerset Maugham. 生命的巨大悲剧，不是人终有一死，而是人会停止爱。毛姆。威廉·萨默塞特·毛姆出生于1874年 ，1965 年去世。英国著名的小说家、剧作家、散文家，他出生于律师家庭，父母早死，由伯父抚养。毛姆原是医学系学生，后来转而致力写作。他的文章常在讥讽中潜藏对人性的怜悯与同情，其作品常以冷静、客观乃至挑剔的态度审视人生，基调超然，在国内外都拥有大量的读者。人性的枷锁是其毕生心血巨著，也为他奠定了伟大小说家的不朽的地位。其他著作包括戏剧《圈子》、长篇小说《月亮和六便士》、短篇小说集《夜的震颤》《卡苏里纳树》《阿金》等。The great tragedy of life. It's not that men perish, but that they cease to love. William Somerset Maugham. 生命的巨大悲剧不是人终有一死，而是人会停止爱。毛姆。现在收听的是轻松调频美文阅读《More to Read》，下面让我们一起来读诗。More to Read， 闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day。《静沙秋思》，马致远。
枯藤老树昏鸦，小桥流水人家。古道西风瘦马，夕阳西下，断肠人在天涯。Sunny Sand, Autumn Thoughts, Marja Yuan. Over old trees, wreathed with rotten vines, fly evening crows. Under a small bridge, near a cottage, a stream flows. One ancient road, in the west wind, a lean horse goes westward. Declines the sun. Far, far from home is the heartbroken one. We 刚才听到的这首脍炙人口的诗歌《天净沙秋思》。是中国元代文人马致远所写的一首散曲小令，中文版本由南海之声的主持人周薇为您朗诵，英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读。马致远号东篱，大都人，也就是今天的北京人，是元代戏曲作家、散曲家、散文家，与关汉卿、郑光祖、白朴并称元曲四大家。马致远于大约公元1250年出生在一个富有且有文化素养的家庭，年轻时热衷于求取功名，似曾向太子博尔之金真金献诗，并因此而曾为官。之后，大概由于博尔之金真金去世而离京，任江浙行省务官。后在元贞年间，也就是1295年初至1297年初，参加了元贞书会，晚年似隐居于杭州。最终病逝于至至元年，即1321年至泰定元年（ 1324年）之间。在戏曲创作方面，马致远在音乐思想上经历了由儒入道的转变；在散曲创作上，具有思想内容丰富深邃而艺术技巧高超圆熟的特点；而在杂剧创作上，则具有散曲化的倾向和虚实相生之美。我们今天读到的《天净沙秋思》是马致远创作的一首脍炙人口的三曲小令。此曲以多种景物并置，组合成一幅《秋郊夕照图》，让天涯游子骑一匹瘦马出现在一派凄凉的背景上，从中透出令人哀愁的情调，抒发了一个飘零天涯的游子在秋天思念故乡、倦于漂泊的凄苦踌躇之情。这支小令句法别致，前三句全由名词性词组构成，一共列出九种景物，言简而易丰。全曲仅五句二十八字，语言极为凝练，却容量巨大，意蕴深远，结构精巧，顿挫有致，被后人誉为“秋思之祖”。净沙秋思，马致远。枯藤老树昏鸦
，小桥流水人家。古道西风瘦马，夕阳西下，断肠人在天涯。Tune, Sunny Sand, Autumn Thoughts, Marja Yuan. Over old trees, wreathed with rotten vines, fly evening crows. Under a small bridge, near a cottage, a stream flows. One ancient road, in the west wind, a lean horse goes westward. Declines the sun. Far, far from home, is the heartbroken one. Beauty of words. 欢迎您继续收听轻松调频美文阅读 More to Read. 我是沈听。下面让我们一起来感受 Beauty of words. 在上一期节目中，我们一起读了戴维·赫伯特·劳伦斯所写的一篇散文 Morality and the Novel， 道德与小说的上半部分。今天，让我们继续来读这篇文章的下半部分。戴维·赫伯特·劳伦斯出生于1885年 ，1930 年去世，是20世纪英国的小说家、批评家、诗人和画家。他既以丰富的小说创作赢得了巨大声誉，又以千首诗作奠定了他作为20世纪重要诗人的地位。不过，他的散文同样是充满灵性、生命激情和丰富的想象力。而且具有浓重的思辨色彩，且震撼人心。好，下面呢，就让我们继续来读戴维·赫伯特·劳伦斯所写的散文《道德与小说》的下半部分。中文版本由陈庆勋翻译。Morality and the Novel by D. H. Lawrence. 道德与小说，戴维·赫伯特·劳伦斯。Of all the art forms, the novel most of all demands the trembling and oscillating of the balance. The sweet novel is more falsified, and therefore more immoral than the blood and thunder novel. 在所有艺术形式中，小说最需要天平的颤动与摇晃。与充满刺激性情节的小说相比。田派小说更造作，因而也更不道德。The same with the smart and smudgily cynical novel, which says it doesn't matter what you do because one thing is as good as another anyhow, and prostitution is just as much life as anything else. 那种俏皮、肮脏、玩世不恭的小说，同样是造作和不道德的。他认为，无论你做什么事，都无关紧要。因为不管怎么看，一件事与另一件事是没有什么区别的
，那卖淫就与其他营生一样是生活。This misses the point entirely. A thing isn't life just because somebody does it. This the artist ought to know perfectly well. The ordinary bank clerk buying himself a new straw hat isn't life at all. It is just existence, quite all right, like everyday dinners, but not life. 这可是大错特错。一件事并不因为有人做就是生活。艺术家应该非常清楚这一点。银行小职员给自己买了一顶新草帽，根本算不上生活，像一日三餐一样正常。这只能说是生存，但并不是生活。By life, we mean something that gleams, that has the fourth-dimensional quality. If the bank clerk feels really piquant about his hat, if he establishes a lovely relation with it, and goes out of the shop with the new straw on his head, a changed man, be aureoled, then that is life. 我们所说的生活是指一种闪闪发光的、有第四维度特性的东西。如果那位银行职员真的为他的帽子而感到其乐无穷。如果他同帽子建立起一种充满生气的关系，戴着新草帽走出商店时焕然一新、光彩照人，那么这就是生活了。The same with the prostitute. If a man establishes a living relation to her, if only for one moment, then it is life. But if he doesn't, if it is just money and function. Then it is not life, but sordidness and a betrayal of living. 妓女也是一样。如果一个男子与她建立起了一种富有生气的关系，哪怕是短暂的一瞬间，那也是生活。但是如果他与她没有建立这种关系，如果仅仅关乎金钱与生理功能，那就不是生活，而是肮脏污秽，是对生活的背叛。If a novel reveals true and vivid relationships, it is a moral work, no matter what the relationships may consist in. If the novelist honors the relationship in itself, it will be a great novel. 如果一部小说展现的是真实且生机勃勃的关系，那么无论这种关系的性质如何，它都是一部有道德的作品。如果小说家尊重这种关系本身，这部作品就是一部伟大的小说。But there are so many relationships which are not real. When the man in *Crime and Punishment* murders the old woman for sixpence, although it is actual enough, it is never quite real. The balance between the murderer and the old woman is gone entirely. It is only a mess. It is actuality, but it is not life in the living sense. 但是不真实的关系太多了。当罪与罚中那个男子为了几个卢布而谋杀那个老妇人时，尽管确有其事，但并不怎么真实。凶手与老妇人之间完全失去了平衡，只剩下一团糟。这是真人真事，但不是活生生的生活。The popular novel, on the other hand, dishes up a reshuffle of old relationships. If winter comes. And old relationship dished up are likewise immoral. Even a magnificent painter like Raphael does nothing more than dress up in gorgeous new dresses relationships which have already been experienced. 
and this gives a gluttonous kind of pleasure to the mass, a voluptuousness, a wallowing. For centuries, men say of their voluptuously ideal woman, she is a Raphael Madonna, and women are only just learning to take it as an insult. 另一方面，假如冬天来临之类的通俗小说，尽管讲的娓娓动听，讲的却是换汤不换药的旧关系。而把旧关系重新拿出来说的娓娓动听，同样是不道德的。甚至像拉斐尔一样技艺高超的画家，也不过是给人家早已体验过的关系披上一层华丽的新衣而已。他给大众的是一种饱食一顿的快感，一种骄奢淫逸，一种沉湎纵乐。几百年以来，人们一提起自己理想的妖艳美妇，就说她是拉斐尔式的圣母。而妇女们现在才开始懂得，这是对他们的侮辱。A new relation, a new relatedness, hurts somewhat in the attaining, and will always hurt. So life will always hurt, because real voluptuousness lies in reacting old relationships, and at the best, getting an alcoholic sort of pleasure out of it, slightly depraving. 一种新关系，一种新联系，在建立之时，多少会让人痛苦，而且将一直令人痛苦。因此，生活将总是令人痛苦，因为真正的骄奢淫逸在于旧关系的重演，而从旧关系中获得的充其量不过是一种如入醉乡的快感，还有些颓废。Each time we strive to a new relation with anyone or anything. It is bound to hurt somewhat, because it means the struggle with and the displacing of old connections, and this is never pleasant. And moreover, between living things at least, an adjustment means also a fight, for each party inevitably must seek its own in the other, and be denied. When in the two parties, each of them seeks his own, her own, absolutely, then. It is a fight to the death, and this is true of the thing called passion. On the other hand, when of the two parties one yields utterly to the other, this is called sacrifice, and it also means death. So the constant nymph died of her eighteen months of constancy. 每当我们致力于与什么人或者什么事物建立一种新关系时，肯定会给我们带来某种痛苦。因为这意味着与旧关系搏斗，并将其替换，而这绝不会令人愉快。此外，调整旧关系还意味着一场斗争，至少调整两个活物之间的关系是如此，因为每一方都势必要在对方之中寻求属于自己的东西，而且必将遭到拒绝。当双方都非得在对方身上寻求属于他自己的东西时，那就会有一场你死我活的斗争，对所谓激情而言就是如此。还有另一种情形，当双方中的一方完全屈服于另一方时，这就叫牺牲，它同样意味着死亡。这就是坚贞仙女会因为她十八个月的坚贞而死的原因。It isn't the nature of nymph to be constant. She should have been constant in her nymphhood. And it is unmanly to accept sacrifices. He should have abided by his own manhood. 
，坚贞不渝并不是淑女的天性，她本该坚守自己的淑女本分，而接受他的牺牲也算不上男子汉，他本该保持自己的男子汉气概。There is, however, the third thing, which is neither sacrifice nor fight to the death, when each seeks only the true relatedness to the other. Each must be true to himself, herself, his own manhood, her own womanhood, and let the relationship work out of itself. This means courage above all things, and then discipline. Courage to accept the life thrust from within oneself and from the other person. Discipline not to exceed oneself any more than one can help. Courage when one has exceeded oneself to accept the fact. And not one about it. 然而，还有既不是牺牲，也不是殊死搏斗的第三样东西，它是双方仅在对方身上寻求一种真实的联系时产生的。双方都必须真实的对待他自己，真实的对待他自己的男子汉气概或者他自己的女子特性，让这种关系顺其自然的产生。这意味着首先要勇敢，其次要自律。要敢于接受来自自身和对方的生命冲击力。自律就是尽量不要越出自己的本分，而勇气是一旦越出，要敢于接受继承现实，不要怨天尤人。Obviously, to read a really new novel will always hurt to some extent. There will always be resistance. The same with new pictures, new music. You may judge of their reality by the fact that they do arouse a certain resistance, and compel at length a certain acquiescence. 显然，阅读一部真正的新小说，在某种程度上总会使人痛苦，总会有一些抵触情绪。看新绘画、听新音乐也是如此。你可以根据他们是否引起某种抵触情绪。是否最终强迫你表示某种默许来判断他们的真实性 ？The great relationship for humanity will always be the relation between man and woman, the relation between man and man, woman and woman, parent and child will always be subsidiary. 对人类而言，男人与女人之间的关系将永远是主要关系，男人与男人，女人与女人。父母与子女之间的关系将永远是次要关系。And the relation between man and woman will change forever, and will forever be the new central clue to human life. It is the relation itself which is the quick and the central clue to life, not the man, nor the woman, nor the children that result from the relationship as a contingency. 男人与女人之间的关系永远都是变化的。而且永远是探索人类生命的新的主要线索。生命的关键和主要线索就是男女关系本身，不是男人，也不是女人，也不是由这种关系偶然产生的子女。It is no use thinking you can put a stamp on the relation between man and woman to keep it in the status quo. You can't. You might as well try to put a stamp on the rainbow or the rain. 在男女关系上标上一个印记，使它维持现状，想都不要想，你办不到。你不妨试一试，在彩虹和雨点上标上印记。As for the bond of love, better put it off when it goes.
It is an absurdity to say that men and women must love. Men and women will be forever subtly and changingly related to one another. No need to yoke them with any bond at all. The only morality is to have man true to his manhood, woman to her womanhood, and let the relationship form of itself in all honor, for it is to each life itself. 至于爱情的纽带，当他折磨的人痛苦时，最好把它解开。男人与女人必须相爱的说法，纯属荒谬言论。男女之间永远都有一种微妙而不断变化的联系，根本就不需要什么纽带将他们约束在一起。唯一的道德就是让男人忠于他的男人本性，让女人忠于他的女人本性。让那种关系堂堂正正的自己去形成，因为对双方来说，它就是生命的本质。If we are going to be moral, let us refrain from driving pegs through anything, either through each other or through the third thing, the relationship, which is forever the ghost of both of us. Every sacrificial crucifixion needs five pegs, four short ones and a long one. Each one an abomination, but when you try to nail down the relationship itself and write over it love instead of this is the king of the Jews, then you can go on putting in nails forever. Even Jesus called it the Holy Ghost to show you that you can't lay sword on its tail. 如果我们讲道德，那就不要往任何东西身上钉钉子。既不要往对方身上钉钉子，也不要往第三者相互关系上钉钉子。这种相互关系永远都是我们双方的圣灵。每钉上十字架牺牲一次，都需要五根钉子，四根短的，一根长的。每钉一根钉子，就增添一份怨恨。但是，当你想把这种关系定住时，并在上面写下“爱情”二字，而不是“这是犹太人的王”。那么你永远都可以继续往上面添钉子，就连耶稣也把它称作圣灵，以便向你表明你是不可能捉住它的。The novel is a perfect medium for revealing to us the changing rainbow of our living relationships. The novel can help us to live as nothing else can. No didactic scripture, anyhow. If the novelist keeps his thumb out of the pan. 小说是向我们展现我们各种生机盎然的关系如彩虹般变换的完美手段。小说能指导我们生活，这是任何其他东西都办不到的。反正说教的圣经是不行，只要小说家不把他的拇指伸进天平的秤盘。But when the novelist has his thumb in the pan, the novel becomes an unparalleled perverter of men and women. To be compared only, perhaps, to that great mischief of sentimental hymns, like "Lead, Kindly Light," which have helped to rot the marrow in the bones of the present generation. 但是，假如小说家的拇指已经伸进去了，那么小说就必然成了引诱男男女女坠入深渊的元凶。其流毒之深，恐怕只有引路吧、仁慈的光之类感伤的颂歌可以与之相提并论。他们将我们这一代人腐蚀到了骨髓。
感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目。您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目，并随时聆听节目回放。今天的节目就到这儿了，我是沈听，我们明天见。